Ooh, that sounds promising. Hey, guys. Yeah, like a porch Hello. Yeah. What's hey, up? Hey. You entered the porch. <laughs> you actually do the porch podcast on a porch? Oh, yeah. Always. Ah, it's time to run with the herd. A herd hour out here on the porch. Randy Burnside and Justin Arvon join us. We're going to talk all about Wednesday night's big ball game for the herd. The fun belt opener at home versus the Louisiana Raging Cajuns there at the Joan. We're also going to get in to what we think the state of the program is there with Huff, me and Justin. Randy's going to have a herd half hour with us, so you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, Phil Stout. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things Marshall football here on a porch. Let's go. Cue the music. good spot to, to pop off on. So, uh, fellas, the um, the panic meter was probably at a all-time high, like maybe a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10 after the Troy game. I'm assuming Gardner-Webb didn't do much to ease those fears, but, but where are we at, you know, on, on a 1 to 10 scale in terms of the panic here for this game Wednesday night? Are you guys feeling confident? Go ahead, Randy. Well, I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh, Louisiana is not the Louisiana that they've been. Uh, we're at home. They're breaking out black helmets. That should get the team really fired up. Uh, it is a Wednesday night, so I imagine the crowd won't be as big as it would have been on a weekend. Hey, what's our uh, over-under on that crowd, I, Randy? What did you, know, what, what, you put the number no, at? I'm going to say, I'm gonna say that they'll, they'll say 20,000, 21,000, something like that. Hmm. Just, I mean, yeah, I'll go over on that being the announced attendance, but is that actually going to be the number number? No, no, I don't think it's <laughs> that. It's just a Wednesday night's hard for, for everyone. Yeah. Hey, Justin, you, you were at the Gardner-Webb game there in the in the mist. What do you mm-hmm. think we'll have more than we had on the uh, for the G-Dub Bulldogs there this Wednesday night? Yeah, I do because – Latest weather report shows the weather should be pretty decent, so I think you'll get a good local crowd. A good local crowd would be more people than were there last Saturday. So, oh, really? Oh, there, yeah. And I know they were reported 19-something. But I would say... Really? They had 19,000 for the reported crowd? Say what? For the Gardner-Webb game? Yeah. So Seems a little, a, a little ambitious, but uh, that stadium wasn't anywhere near half full. Yeah, so. yeah, I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought so. We're weather, like you said, Justin, looking good. I'm showing us a high of 75 
Wednesday in Huntington. So, you know, when the ball gets in the air, we're talking mid-50s maybe. Um, I mean, that, that's perfect football weather. No reason for people not to be out there for this one. Yeah, we should have anyone close and uh, should be able to make it uh, and enjoy themselves. Won't be miserable. So we're setting the number at mm, 22.5. We going over or under? Under. Randy? Under. Under. Fellas, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna because you guys both took under, I'm gonna go over with with uh I hope we're, you're right. we're saying this is announced crowd, correct? Not not what's actually in the stands. Oh. <laughs> if it's what's in the stands, then I wanna revise our over under. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. New number, Randy. The no, the book the hey, book wasn't quite but, what you needed there. But but hey, it's okay though. You know, it's Wednesday night, it's amazing television game ESPN pays good money for these games you know I'm glad we're in a league that's not afraid to play on Wednesday Thursday Friday night and get paid for it you know? absolutely I mean that's you know it's kind of funny Randy you bring this up was, was asked this this exact question about the weeknight game um for the Wallys and Wimpies uh digest there and and the question was you know do you enjoy them and, and I kind of said yeah college football is meant to be played on Saturday but I don't mind turning on the TV, you know. Good for your football soul to see like a a triple header of Maction on a on a Tuesday night, or some programs have really built themselves over the years on Thursdays. I mean, you remember back in the Chad Pennington days, there was a lot of good and and big games on Thursday night. It was a time to kind of showcase yourself, and it's it's sort of like you know you get that Buffalo chicken dip. Uh, if we're going to compare it to college football, it's great. You want as much of it as you can. You can take a couple scoops during the week and then go back on Saturday for the full plate. So I'm all I'm all in on the weeknight games, fellas. I love football. More football <laughs> the better, the way I see it. But you had to go and evoke Buffalo. You had to say Buffalo chicken dip. Did you see what Buffalo did to Bowling Green on Saturday? Oh no, was it bad, Randy? Oh, it was bad. It was I, bad. I for Buffalo some reason I think it was bad. like forty two nothing or something at one point in time. Yeah, it, it was in that ballpark. So uh, that didn't make me feel very good either. You know, hey, like like uh, the great West Virginian Lou Holtz, Coach Holtz would say, you don't have the same team every week. Obviously, Marshall was a different team that Bowling Green week, and Bowling Green hadn't been the same since. So, yeah, I mean, like like you said though, where uh, I had to go invoke Buffalo Chicken because it's my favorite my favorite tailgate spread, Randy. So of course I had to, you know. Um, by the way. <laughs> People loved the uh, the bit about Miss Lethus. Um, barbecue spot in America, it really is. Hey, Randy, do you have do you have a barbecue spot down in Louisiana? We should like be like shooting Absolutely. some people. There, there's actually two in okay. Lafayette. There, there's um, Blanchard's Barbecue, which is outstanding. They've got really good brisket. Johnson's, uh, both great barbecues. Uh, but the thing that folks bring to the table there in Lafayette is you can go to both places and get gumbo and jambalaya and some of that Ooh. good Cajun stuff. So yes. when you're down there, you know, it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game, and it's all good. There's really, really good barbecue throughout Conference USA, no doubt about it. And now that we've moved into the Sun Belt, you've got the same kind of footprint there in the southeast, so the barbecue is phenomenal there, too. So we went from a great barbecue league to an even better barbecue league. So I'm happy for that. 
Hey, Randy, it's a staple each week. We're gonna we're gonna keep coming back for more barbecue joints. All right. Now, oh, there's I'm not there's. You, it's good stuff. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this real quick. I know you you mentioned about you know the great story about Miss Lisa saying Southern Miss is gonna whip y'all's ass. Do you have any yeah. story? I mean, is there any is there a Miss Letha character down there at, uh, at either Blanchard's I, or Johnson's? No, uh, I, I don't have one of those. I don't have one of those from down in that area. Okay, uh, okay. you know, but, but Miss Letha was special. Now I'm, I'm just to get another plug in for her and, <laughs> and her place. You know, she passed away a few years ago. Uh, God rest her soul. But nothing beats. Letha's Barbecue, Miss Letha's Barbecue in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm telling you, if you are in a 100-mile radius of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, you got to go. Hey, and, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be playing them soon enough and, and get a chance to maybe uh, partake in some, uh, some, some Miss Letha's. Gentlemen, if you want to, when we play at Southern Miss, let's plan a trip. I will, I will drive. Uh, okay. We can drive, we can fly, however you want to do it. We'll rent an RV, we'll go to Letha's, you know, and then catch the game afterwards. Hey, Randy, I, I'm, I'm all in, and I'll tell you, I can actually fly now. Finally did it for the first time in, like, 15 years. So if, if we if we can catch a flight down to Hattiesburg, I'm all in, all right? <laughs> all right, very good. Go down there to the rock and play a little bit. Hey, Randy, you also brought up one other thing real quick. You mentioned Lafayette. Now, I know that Louisiana folks right now, get all up in a tizzy when you call them ULL or Louisiana Lafayette. You, you have a little bit of an, a, a reasoning to why this is the way this is. Have you heard anything about this? Because it happened kind of all of a sudden. I, I want to quiz you on this because yeah. I've kind of heard something, but I want to make sure it's correct. I, I'm not sure of the whole history behind it all, but I would imagine it has something to do with being in the shadow of LSU. Uh, you right hit you hit the nail on the head, Randy. You hit the nail on the head. All right. you you're point. in the shadow of LSU, and you're you're the State University uh, of Louisiana at Lafayette, and uh, you want to be the state name, Louisiana. Well, you know the LSU folks had always been top dogs, and all the directional state universities. Uh, I guess their names were all changed. At one time, they were directional. Wasn't there Southeast Louisiana? And Still is. East Louisiana, and, and now you've got Monroe. Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Bud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, do you? And you've got Louisiana, um, Lafayette, but, you know, they want to be Louisiana, you know, try to do their brand right and, and, and their school and so forth, so. Yeah, I can imagine there's politics there over the name. Heaven forbid oh. anybody threaten LSU supremacy. Hey, don't don't go after Coach Kelly there in a, in a Bayou Bengals. Boys wearing a purple and gold. They'll they'll come after oh, you in this well, state it, for that. I'm just telling you, it it predates him, obviously. <laughs> right. You know, uh, maybe I was more of a pepper to gumbo with Coach O. Just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like like Kelly Southern in any way. Hey, he's got the best accent in the SEC, haven't you heard? To be a Tiger, I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana, but more importantly, to be with you great fans. That that fake accent, absolutely. Um, (laughs) What a joke, absolute joke. Hey, you know, the the only saving grace for him is that he wasn't the coach on the sidelines in South Bend when Marshall took it to the Irish, I guess, right? Um, 
But hey, let's let, let's kind of get in here, fellas, real quick. Talk a little bit about the Raging Cajuns and what we're going to see here on Wednesday night. Not the same team that Billy Napier had on the field here for the past four or five years. This team, a little bit different, kind of struggling right now in the in the uh, in fun belt play. Have only scored 17 points in both of their conference games. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, fellas. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, very intrigued by by what they're going to bring to the table. They don't have their quarterback last year's, you know, guy kind of guy who tore us up in the bowl game, Levi Phillips. They now have Chandler Fields back there. He's okay, but he's he's nothing special. Louisiana is definitely a team that's kind of in in reconstruction mode here in 2022. Yeah, um, I a little limpy maybe. But that just means they're going to be a little hungrier to show up and play. Off a week and a half, they'll be a little healthier. Um, I'm interested to see. I saw a report that Fields will not be starting this game because he's here. So they will be having their backup quarterback. Um, huh? So are they going with Woolridge? Wool, 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 ah, if I can say it, Justin, Woolridge? Woolridge, who can't move in the pocket. He can run a little bit. Uh, doesn't throw the ball down the field a ton, uh, but is capable. Yeah, uh, and, and I'll say this for him. He was trailing against Eastern Michigan 21-14 in their last win that they had and, and led them to 35 unanswered points. So we, we definitely need to be on our A game versus uh, versus uh, Ben Woolridge there on a Wednesday night. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt he's very capable and he can move. And uh, like I said, they're limping into Huntington and they're hungry for a win. Uh, that can be a bad mixture for Marshall on Wednesday with a hungry team coming in. Well, you'd uh, hope Marshall's as hungry as, uh, as, as the Raging Cajuns are, maybe as hungry as we are after we hear Randy pontificate about Miss Lethus. So we did get the win against Gardner-Webb, very vanilla win. Can't read too much into it either way, honestly. Uh, Hey, you Justin, know, let me ask you. You just mentioned that about it being a vanilla win. Obviously, the conditions weren't ideal. Do, do you kind of think Trickett and maybe, you know, kind of orders from Huff kind of, hey, let's let's just get out of this thing healthy. Let's do the bare minimum here. Our defense is going to shut them down. And then maybe we'll show a little bit more than what we have offensively, especially the last two games before, before Gardner-Webb on Wednesday night with the game plan. It certainly, certainly appeared that way, didn't it, Randy? The very vanilla approach. We didn't throw the ball down the field. Took yeah, one shot. I mean, I mean, you're you're taking you're taking on an overmatched FCS opponent, and yeah, that that might be the case. I mean, I don't know that for sure, uh, but it, it could be. But I'm not. I'm really. I'm feeling good about being at home on Wednesday night again. The black jerseys, the black helmet. Guys are going to be fired up. I don't think Louisiana is capable of scoring more than 17 points against us. So I'm looking at like a 27-17 type game where Marshall gets its first conference win. You know, that's what I'm hoping to see, something along those lines. Ooh, Rand- and, Randy, uh, you already, already throwing the prediction out here. I'm throwing out the prediction right now. I may have to drop off soon, fellas. <laughs> but uh, 27-17, I think the herd gets that win. And, you know, when you look at our schedule coming up, the, the stretch that we've got coming, we need this win. we got to have this win because I don't know when the next win's going to come. Uh, well, I, Randy, I'm not as, I'm not as maybe op or, uh, pessimistic as you are about 
about the next win coming. I do want to bring up one other point, too, real quick. Gardner-Webb hung with Coastal Carolina, so that might not be as bad of a football team as maybe we're even thinking they are. Then they put it on Robert Morris, 48 nothing. So maybe Gardner-Webb's not as bad. Marshall took care of business, like you said, Justin, kind of playing vanilla. Randy, also now, the point about I will I will say this. Gardner-Webb's best player did not play against us. Is that the running those back? Those other teams, yes. Those other teams had to face him, and they were a different beast with him in there. Granted, Marshall, I don't think it mattered who the running back was for Gardner-Webb. Marshall's rush defense is kind of what it hangs the hat on, and I think that's part of why, Randy, I'm with you. I feel good about the game on Wednesday night because Louisiana's going to have to run the football, especially with the quarterback situation being the way it is for them, and Marshall has been very, very good at stopping the run, and they run the ball. Like you said, the Black Hats. I, I, I love it all. I love it all for Marshall here on, on Wednesday night. Well, I'm concerned. you got to go on the road to a the team that's ranked in the top 25 that can't play for a conference championship. It's bowling eligible. Uh, they're hungry. Uh, you know, they've, they've already beaten uh, Appalachian State. And, you know, I don't feel good about James Madison. Uh, Coastal's undefeated. They take care of business every week. They don't have letdowns. They've got a senior quarterback. Uh, good good squad right there and that's going to be going to be a tough game at home right there now if the team that shows up that played notre dame shows up yeah we'll win at home uh if the team that shows up at notre dame shows up uh over at james madison then yeah we're going to win that game but let me tell you something if the team that shows up from bowling green and troy shows up then we're taking l's in those games yep that's all there is and i think the question will come and, and we'll know really quickly is, did this offensive line get a chance to maybe improve and gel a little bit together over the bye week and then in the Gardner-Webb game? Because if they haven't, it's going to be a long, long rest of the season, like you said, Randy. I will say this real quick, too, to your points, though. Coastal and James Madison, I feel like it will be both be good spots for Marshall, especially if uh, James Madison's able to beat Georgia Southern. I, I feel really really good about our chances to go in there win because they're due to take an L eventually. Like, and then Coastal able to keep winning. They're going to be due to take a loss, and especially on the road too. I feel like this might be really good spots for Marshall to pull off one of those games. And then if you win this one, well, then you're sitting there and, and it feels a little bit different getting into the month of November. I hope so. I hope they're due. Um, you look at Texas State beating Appalachian State, so you know definitely crazy things can happen. Um, you got to win your home games, though. That's one thing. You, know, you got to defend the home turf, probably in this league. It looks like you're going to be about every week. But you know, going beyond those two games, too, Blaine. You look at Old Dominion. Look how tight Old Dominion played us last year, and, and now we got to go down to their place. I mean, ugh. That, Better cover game, Ollie Jennings in that game. That's for sure. That concerns me. That's three in a row uh, of tough games, and it doesn't get any easier. And then App State's you after know, that, looking, Randy. Yeah, and then you got App State, and then, you know, Georgia Southern, who who beat Nebraska, is in last place in our division. We're down there without a win. Louisiana doesn't have a win, which is the other thing about Wednesday night is you're going to have someone get their first conference win of the year and, and get out of the, the basement, which that's – that's important. So we got to defend the home turf and get that win for sure. And I think just with the black hats, you know, coming off 
the, the, the win over Gardner-Webb, we got some things going there in the second half. I'm hoping they kept it kind of vanilla, uh, got some guys healthy, and, and maybe we'll really, really have a good showing Wednesday night, and that'll catapult us into the next three and make me feel better about them. I hope that's right, uh, but Louisiana is still talented enough to if Marshall does not show up, uh, this could end up being four in a row in the wrong Hey fellas, do we do we feel like last year's bowl game will play any role at all in the motivation for Marshall, especially coming into this game? Yes. Yeah, I should a little bit. They beat you. <laughs> well, they beat you, and also I, I think that hit that they that they put on the punt returner that was a little, well, we'll call it less than savory. There, they kind of flipped the game all around for the Raging Cadence in in the New Orleans Bowl. I think Marshall still remembers that. And I think if they get a chance to on Wednesday, they might try and put it on. I think Marshall comes out with a lot of emotion. I'm, I'm with you on that too, Justin. And I think, too, if Marshall comes out with a lot of emotion and is running the football well and then they're able to stop at Louisiana, they pin their ears back. Could be a really, really long night for the Raging Cajuns because – they're not necessarily a team that I think trust anybody to throw the football much like Marshall. I think the, the key to this game is going to come down to who can stop the run on the defensive side of the ball and really make the other team one-dimensional. You'd like to think the home team's got a little bit better chance of doing that, a little more comfortable in the game. But then again, our offensive line has yeah. been spectacular. Turnover. Turnover. That's true, Randy. Run the That's ball. True. Don't turn it over. And You know, I'm worried about being able to protect our quarterback. You know, we've had some issues up front for sure. Um, I think that really plays into it. But you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see us make a concerted effort just to run the ball down somebody's throats. We got some good running backs. Let's use them. Hey, Let's go after it. And speaking of good running backs, what do we have any update at all on Rasheen Ali? Is, is, he, is he looking toward playing here Wednesday night, or do we really know? I don't think anybody. Yeah, I, I guess that's the million-dollar question. Amen. Yeah. They've been keeping it very tight, very tight. I mean, you, you would like to think this was this would be a good opportunity. You know, he's he's been practicing now for a, a month, right? Maybe he's back into the condition you'd like to see him in. Maybe give him a couple touches. Not that you absolutely need him because the way Laybourne's been running this year, what he's top five in the country in, in yards rushing. But man, it would be nice to have a one-two punch. Yeah. And you know, if he if he is healthy, absolutely. But if he's not a hundred percent, no. You know, but only the coaches know that they only they're the only ones who know what his situation is and what what's going on with him. But uh, if he were 100 percent, yeah, you're going to see him back there because he's that good. Absolutely. Hey, absolutely. Uh, those, you're right. That'd be a two headed monster right there. Tough to stop. And to be quite honest, I kind of like the Turner kid as well. He looks good on film. Quick burst, doesn't he? He, he really yeah. floated up the field on that. Such yep. Gardner Webb. Uh, one thing on on the Gardner Webb game that I don't was our offensive line and pass protection. Uh, our quarterbacks were all over the place. Do we feel good about Colin B back there, or are we going to look to use Fancher again on on Wednesday night? Hmm. Use them both. I liked I liked him at Notre Dame. 
I like to Notre Dame. I just want to get back to Notre Dame. Can we do that, please? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can we get <laughs> hey, back to that game? I got a drop off here. I'm I'm heading to a, a youth league softball game. So hey, Randy, anyway, appreciate you, you guys. Hey, you have fun. And one last thing, real quick, Randy, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Do you have any recollections from conference openers when we started off in the MAC? Conference USA in the, uh, in the Southern Conference. Do you have any recollections from any of those at home, especially? Not off the top of my head, anything that stood out um, as uh, as a big game. Um, I think wasn't it SMU? Didn't we open with SMU in Conference USA? And wasn't it an overtime game, if I'm not mistaken, like sixteen thirteen? Uh, Bernie Morris was our quarterback. That's what I'm trying to think of. That ring yes. a bell to you guys? Justin? Yes, it does. Very, very big win. Huge crowd. Great game. I've got yeah, the printout. It, <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah, that one stands out in my mind. That's the only one off the top of my head. Marshall twenty-seven, Louisiana seventeen. Mark it down with ink. Hey, we're marking it down with ink, Randy. We'll let you drop off here and uh, a good half half hour uh, here of the herd hour for Randy, and uh, we'll see you next week, brother. I'm trying to think who our opener in 2014 was. It was a huge win. It might have been Middle Tennessee. I can't remember, but we just dominated. It was kind of like Rockheads coming out that year. Oh, I'm looking at. I know who you're talking about now, too, but I can't remember. It was Tennessee. So that was our first game in Conference USA that year? That year, yeah. Well, okay. first home game. First home. For, but that was our first home game in the conference, right? Correct. Nice. Yeah, okay. and it was uh, – there was a huge crowd. We were going nuts. We ran all over them. Rockhead broke three, four, five tackles on the way to a touchdown there and uh, just – put the game away and uh it was a blast so that that one is a memorable one um looking a little further back if we go into you know the early 2000s hey, that 2014 team was special uh it I was had, i mean we kind of thought we might have had a chance at that in in 05 the first year in conference usa mark snyder's first year at the helm marshall had themselves a a game in their home opener in the conference, like you said, Justin, against SMU, found a way to win 16-13. to 13. The first game, though, on the road in the conference was UCF. So maybe history will repeat itself from Conference USA's kind of first season for this fun belt, and maybe we'll find a way to, to take care of business, get a, get a dub in that home opener there for us. Uh, now, Justin, I, I will be extremely impressed if you can pull this one off. Back mm-hmm. in 1997, first year okay. in the Mid-American Conference, do okay. you remember who Marshall's first ever game in the MAC was against? Ooh, uh, I would have to say it was a state, so either Ball or Kent State. Ooh, that's actually really good. And those were actually the first two conference games for Marshall both were on the road actually they beat Kent State 42 to 17 beat Ball State 42 to 16 first home game wasn't until this week I wouldn't be able to 
<laughs> back in back in this year in 1997 or this this essentially almost this date and it was versus Akron 52 to 17 wow okay yeah i wouldn't have been able to tell you akron but i do remember i just have a memory of the first mac game so you're saying it was kent state okay um now at home akron all right Fair. I I would like to bring up also 2002, okay, uh, of that season, which Marshall fans would deem a special season, uh, even though we got blown out at Virginia Tech the week before. Bowling Green. What is it? Was it Bowling Green? It was you. Uh, no, UCF. Ooh. When they were in the MAC, I believe it was their first year in the MAC potentially. Oh, Friday night, I do remember Friday that night game. They came in. Marshall really struggled for a lot of that game. Byron Leftwich put it away late, hitting uh, I think maybe Nate Poole or somebody in the corner there, the end zone, put the game away. Uh, but yeah, that was a weeknight game as well against a would-be rival. Um, and uh, had a good result, so I hope we can mirror that. Days. That's a really good point, you know, about it being a, a would-be rival weeknight. Marshall, in general, at home, midweek games has been pretty good. You really get, you really look back at it. Other than maybe one or two games in the Mark Snyder era, Marshall wins when they play middle of the week. Marshall, the only other Marshall game I can remember, Justin, another one. The one that that lost and kind of broke that big streak uh, of home of home wins, the loss of Western Michigan. But for the most part, when the herd plays during the middle of the week in Huntington, they're pretty special. Western Michigan game was thirty to ten uh, midweek game, I think a Thursday. But that season was kind of comparable. It had been disappointing up to that point compared to previous years. And uh, Marshall was able to recover after that game, make a run, and win the MAC championship, and went on to beat, I think it was Cincinnati in the Motor City Bowl that year. Um, it was so totally was we... Cincinnati that year uh, yep. under Coach Mentor, actually. Right there, so they're in the dome there. Season can mirror that. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's there's no reason, and kind of you bring up a good point, Justin. I kind of want to get to here, and that is trying to mirror the success of, of prior seasons and, and what we can expect if this thing goes our way on Wednesday night. You get back to one-on-one in the league, you're four and two. The trip to James Madison, I know Randy's scared about it, and, and, and all these games remaining are tough ones. Do we still think there's a very good chance that this team can make it to the, to the Fun Belt Championship, or are we kind of in a pipe dream situation here to really believe that Marshall – could, could win this conference championship year one right now. Well, I think there's a good chance because I think Marshall has the talent to do it. And that, you know, if you're starting from that spot, then you always have a good chance. Um, yeah, I'm now, with you if on you're that. always trying to recover talent-wise, well, then you're always going to, you know, you're always going to be having to out-scheme people. And it's a lot easier to be faster than it is to out-think people sometimes. So, that's uh, That's you know. true. That's true. And, you know, something else that, I mean, now, granted, I'm a little worried about the James Madison defense uh, coming up here in a few weeks after what we saw against Troy. But, like, the remainder of these games, if you get a good plan, if you're able to kind of continue to let your defense play 
and win games and you don't make mistakes, absolutely, there's still a great opportunity for the herd to to find them find their way into a game in December that would be for the conference championship. It, it's still out there. There's no question about that. It's just I, they've got to get better in a lot of different areas soon and quickly too. Justin, one other thing here real quick I wanted to, to go into and talk about a little bit, and I want to get your opinion on this. If, if Charles Huff continues to kind of get the results that he wants to get this season and the team kind of gets it going, there's been some rumor mills swirling there, especially after Notre Dame, about his about his status with the program. I've heard a few folks in in you know up north there, kind of clamoring for him to be a potential candidate in Morgantown. What are your thoughts on Huff's longevity with the program um, as we kind of sit here at the midway point of his second season? Well, I hope he does well enough to leave as soon as possible, if that makes sense, because. If he's not, then we're not being very successful. Um, I don't think that he's a lifer at Marshall by any means. I think that was Doc Holliday, and we got rid of him. Um, so when you bring in a young coach who's 39, 40 years old, you got to expect that he's looking to, you know, move on and hit his career eventually. And uh, I hope he leaves the program in a better spot than, than he found it when that happens. I'm with you on that, Justin. I think it would be unfair to, to, to categorize Huff as a guy you expect to be there for the next decade as where Doc was a guy who probably would have been there as long as he would have been allowed to stay, right? Um, yeah. And he had a, had great success, and I think that's part of why Huff has, has the opportunity to succeed the way he has is because Doc rebuilt a foundation that was in dire need coming off of Snyder. And he did a fantastic job. I, I will say this about Huff. I'm still a little, I don't want to say uh, concerned. I don't think that's the right word. But I'm not sure I'm 100% bought in on, on Charles Huff being this phenomenal coach that should be getting these P5 offers right now. And maybe, maybe I'm a little jaded on him after these last two games uh, both on that NFL Network. Hallelujah, we will not be on that thing ever again, Justin, <laughs> by the way. Well, well, I shouldn't say that, but I'm glad to know that it won't be anytime yeah. soon. You know what I mean? Like, He's like not necessarily feeling him all the way right now as the head coach of Marshall. And maybe, maybe that's just kind of revisionist history after the last two weeks. But, man, I, I don't know, man. There's just something about him I'm not necessarily – 100% bought in one right now. It's not revisionist history. I don't think uh, completely understandable. And I think just as a person in general, shouldn't get too high, too low on anything. And that includes college football. And you look back to last year, he lost to ECU with a 21 point lead in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's lost a tough one. State. He was winning in the fourth quarter against App State, lost. We were winning the bowl game in the fourth quarter, believe it or not. Ended up losing that yep. one. Uh, and then also Indiana. lost those three in a row down the backside, UAB, uh, Western. Western, to have a chance to play for the championship. So, yeah, interesting point there, Justin. He Are we finishing, I guess, right now with him as a program? Or is he looking for that next step already? That's, I, I'm concerned about that. I, I don't know. I think the whole athletic department as a whole might be 
they're definitely committed. The new athletic director, new head coach, we're definitely committed monetarily, it seems like, to spending money whether we have it or not. So we're building the program. Uh, these guys are either going to stay or they won't after. I just hope it's in a good financial position and in a position to win going forward, whoever's at the helm. Let's put it this way, too. If you're winning, the money will flow. The, I mean, you know, the Benjamins, yeah. they, they will come. They will come. And the program will be in the green. Black helmets on, on uh, on Wednesday night. They would be in the black as well, number numbers wise financially, if you're winning, because that's what gets people into the stands. Like you know, we talked about the Gardner Webb attendance. Had they won those two games heading into Gardner Webb, and you're coming off that's the first chance you get to see them after Notre Dame, the win there, that place would have been sold out regardless of what the weather looked like. So. It's all about it's all about getting the wins on the field, and that's what I'm that's what I'm just worried about Huff right now. You know, I I want to see more, I guess. And granted, what he's done, he's had some phenomenal wins, but like you said, he's he's let a couple slip. And he's had some phenomenal wins, but there's been some bad losses too. Some head scratch, yeah. I mean, and you know what? Throwing Bowling Green into the head scratcher, bad loss of almost as bad as losing a 21 point lead in the fourth quarter. When you're two and up, yeah, and you're losing, yeah, I, you forget about that at home part there. At least Bowling Green was on the road, but I don't know, man. A, a little crossroadsy there for Huff. He's not in trouble by any means, but I think they need to start kind of getting back to the basics and and winning football and kind of being more physical and and not being as cute, Justin. I think that's the key on Wednesday for Marshall. Not trying to get cute, not trying to do things that they can't do, but just playing a solid physical football game because i think if they do that at home they won't have any problems in this game no i i agree i think we will stay i think it will be fine um wheel i'm not playing i think marshall will win (laughs) hey you're an alumni that's this is one of the few situations where you can say we because okay you went to school there yeah yeah i mean now if you're part of the team obviously we but, like, for university <laughs> schools, yeah, absolutely. You can use we. Okay. So, yeah. we will be winning on Wednesday. That would be <laughs> uh, my prediction, 31 to 13. Um, All right. Probably not victory. But, yes, yeah, so we have to get back to winning games inconsistently. You can't win a big one and lose two head scratchers after it. Um, people tend to hang on to stuff. And I guess when you got teenagers and a young coach, also, uh, it's easier to hang on. Like you saw Notre Dame, they they won that game for three weeks in a row, but in the meantime lost two other ones. So it's, uh, you know, you got to learn to let go of stuff, move on to the next game, the next play, that kind of mentality. Hopefully they develop that. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point, Justin, about needing to, to get on to the next one, right, and not and not letting the Notre Dame game affect you continuing moving forward. And I think you made a good point about that. Also, something you said that I found to be real interesting, your score, 31-13. You and Randy both feeling 44 points in that under, sitting at 47 in the hook, mind you. Marshall, mm-hmm. 10 and a half point favorite. So, Randy like in Louisiana to cover, typical Randy fashion, right? <laughs> uh, and then you're liking her to cover. I'm, I'm going to go Justin – tough it's it's such a tough one because the unknown element of the quarterback for louisiana has me nervous 
But I love Marshall's defense. I love them at at, at home in the Joan. I think the crowd will be good. I don't think it'll be phenomenal, but I think it will be good because I think people know how important this game is to this season um, for the herd. I'm going to go with a final of 28 to 13. So I'm, I'm going to go even lower than both of, both of you and Randy there. And I'm going to say the herd covers. I, and I could easily see this being 28-20 as well. Like, as long as Marshall doesn't beat themselves and do stupid things, I think Louisiana is going to have a real problem scoring. Well, turnovers are key. If we turn the ball over, then I can see Louisiana keeping up on the scoreboard. But I don't believe Louisiana is going to drive the ball consistently down the field on their own volition unless we just give them the ball at the 20 repetitively. So, yep. I think the key is, like you said, Henry Collinby, Henri, holding on to the football. And, you know, it'd be nice if you create a couple as well. And I think Louisiana might be ripe for a couple turnovers there on a Wednesday night. I agree. I believe we got four of them against Gardner-Webb. Um, really came into play there, you know, four touchdowns, four interceptions or turnovers. So, yeah, that's how you win games. Yeah, and and you know what? I mean, that's what you did against Notre Dame, and that's mm-hmm. that's why you won that football game. You against Bowling Green and Troy, you, you stubbed your toe and you lost them. So it's probably as simple as that for Marshall. If they play their their game and don't allow, you know, the the outside noise to get to them, they're probably going to be pretty tough against the rest of the schedule, regardless of who they're playing, because the talent level is there even though the talent they're playing against is elevated. Right. And now James Madison game is now sold out. And if you want tickets, they're about 200 bucks a pop. Wow. Now what's, what's Marshall's contingent looking like? Do they still have tickets through the school or is that wasn't even an option? Yeah. Marshall's tickets sold out. Um, But I've heard a lot of people saying James Madison, people were able to get their hands on Marshall's tickets. Uh, So, We'll see. We weren't able to get them yet. It might depend on how Wednesday goes, honestly. Yeah, pecu- yeah, definitely. Because, you know, Justin, that's a good point there. Like, that game versus James Madison will be very anticipated. And, like, I mean, the, the hot ticket down there, the way it is, if they came in undefeated and Marshall got this one, there's been some rumors, Justin, floating around that that could be a potential game day site. Now, could you imagine that? You're one in this league, and they would be hosting a potential game day um, against, and and of all teams, Marshall to come come riding in there against them. Yep. Because you you look at it, that that weekend, in terms of national games, Oklahoma State, Texas, down there in Stillwater, maybe. UCLA, Oregon, if both those teams kept winning, Eugene could get into the mix. Kansas State, TCU. Uh, you also have Mississippi State and Alabama as well. Um, so maybe, maybe not. Um, the only but, that that's potential would be Oregon. 
they've already they'll be at Alabama, Tennessee this weekend, right? Right, they will be, and that's the second time they've been at Tennessee as well right. uh, this season. So that's interesting. But yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think maybe Bama. Um, the Oregon game is interesting too, especially if UCLA keeps winning. Mm-hmm. I could see that. That's that's a tough week. All right, maybe those people uh, needed to kind of look at the schedule a little harder there because I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure James Madison's gonna gonna get a, a, an opportunity to host game day year one. Uh, although it's a great story though. Yeah, I we guess we're getting a little a little ahead of ourselves on both ends of this thing real quick here. We, we got a win on Wednesday. That's, that's right. <laughs> we do have we do have one on Wednesday. You're right, Justin, and you're kind of eight. Hey, I haven't been coaching as long as you, so I'm 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 not in that coach speak as as well. You know, I don't I don't speak coach as well. Shoot, that was that was butchering the English language right there. Uh, That's re- perfect. <laughs> real real bad. Hopefully, we see some home run plays in in uh, in favor of the hurt there on Wednesday night. Well, Justin, brother, always always good, buddy. And until uh, next time. Uh, let's, let's go beat the Raging Cajuns on, on Wednesday night. Yes, sir. Go herd.